0: The gospel will be looking at three, three separate parts of, uh, two parts of the gospel of Mark and then one part in, in the book of John. It says, You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, Even if all fall away, I will not. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, Today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, This fellow is one of them. Again he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately, the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. And in John chapter 21, we fast forward to, this took place after the resurrection of Jesus, after his death and resurrection. It says, the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you, Jesus said. Feed my sheep. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Self-confidence is a gift that I think many people want. If you've ever read a, if you've read a self-help book recently, um, there's a number of self-help books that talk about the importance of having self-confidence. Whether you're reading up on time management to being a good leader, to being a good parent, to being a more successful businessman, a more successful salesman, to facing your fears, it seems that one trait that they always mention that you need to work on is your own self-confidence. And if you have self-confidence, then you are going to be more successful. People are going to want to follow you. But what really is confidence? What is self-confidence? Does it show how strong you are? Or does it hide how weak you really are? That's what I want you to consider today as we look at Peter. Now, in our lesson, we're we're found the Thursday before Jesus died, the day before Jesus died. And Jesus had just instituted the Lord's Supper. He was with his disciples in that upper room. And then Jesus says to them something incredible, something that would have taken them all back. He says, you will all fall away. And you can imagine how insulting that must have sounded to those disciples. I mean, these, these people had been together for three years. They were more than just friends. They were brothers. They loved each other. And so could you imagine if your own brother came to you and said, I have cancer, and you're not going to be there for me. You're going to abandon me when I need you the most. We would be insulted, wouldn't we? We'd come back and say, why would you say something like that? You know know I love you. I'm your brother. I'm going to be there for you. And so also you see the disciples doing the same thing. And so just simply to help them understand how sure Jesus is of himself, he says to them, you know how in the book of Zechariah, chapter 13, it says there, I will will scatter the sheep. Or, Sorry, it says, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. You know how it says that there in the Old Testament book of the Bible? That's talking about what's going to happen in just a couple of hours, he tells them. I'm the shepherd, you're the sheep, and you're going to all abandon. me." And yet it was Peter who speaks with such confidence. who, is, who and, I, and I truly think that he really thought he was strong enough. I do. He couldn't even fathom a situation in which he would have abandoned his Lord and his best friend. And so he says, and he really throws all the other disciples under the bus by what he says. Because even if all of these other disciples leave you, I won't, I will not abandon you. He says, I'm Peter, Jesus, right? I'm the rock. I can overcome, I'm strong enough, you know me. So Jesus gives him another prophecy. One even more specific. One pointed specifically at Peter. He says to him, you don't believe me? Here's one more prophecy. Before the rooster crows two times, that is, tonight, within a couple of hours, you are going to deny that you even know me three times. That's a pretty specific prophecy, isn't it? But Peter still speaks with confidence. He says, there is no way. In fact, he says, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Again, I think that Peter really thought that he was strong enough. He couldn't fathom a situation in which he would leave his Lord and disown Him like that and treat Him like that and abandon Him. So he spoke with confidence that show his strength. And what's crazy as we look at this is that it goes now past logic. If you think about it, Peter is talking to the all-knowing omniscient god. Right? Jesus had never been wrong before. He had never lied before. But yet Peter still sticks to his guns, doesn't he? See, up until this time it seems that Peter's self-confidence, which he probably considered to be he probably considered to be a gift, but now it was a curse. See, sometimes self-confidence is used to show people how strong you are. Sometimes it's used to cover up how weak you are. Sometimes it's even used to throw other people under the bus to show to make yourself feel stronger, to make yourself look stronger to other people. Peter used his self-confidence in each and every one of those ways here. And I don't think we're all that different. Now, we may not have a specific prophecy about us in the Bible, about how we are going to sin, but the Apostle Paul does say this. He says, if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. If you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. The Apostle Paul understands, he knows how weak we are. And how at times we are going to show and and think that we are strong enough just like Peter. Maybe it's because we come from a long line of, of Christians. Maybe it's because we've been brought up in the church and we just could not fathom like Peter how we could possibly fall like so many other people have. Maybe it's because we spend so much time in comparison to other people in prayer or in Bible study or in church and we just think that we are strong enough. Like Peter who, again, I I don't think he thought, I, I think he truly thought he was strong enough we too could not fathom how when we swear we'll never fall back in that temptation again. And then it just seems that it's a matter of time. Because Satan, he is patient, very patient. And he has greater patience than we have strength. It's just a matter of time before we do fall. Do you know what the relapse rate is for drug addicts and alcoholics? I saw the stats, it's a wide range of stats, but it, it, one source said it was between anywhere between 50% and 90% of drug and alcohol addicts fall back into it, relapse. And you look at those statistics and you say, wow, that is high. Why couldn't they be stronger? Do you know what the relapse rate is for a sinner? It's 100%. Maybe we fight against a temptation only to fall into another. Maybe we fight against and even win against one specific temptation, but then on the pendulum of sin we swing to the other side and find ourselves in pride as we look down on all the other people who just didn't seem strong enough, not as strong as we were. Maybe it's not even a specific sin that you fell into, but just a specific set of circumstances that left you realizing how weak you are, just like Peter did. Regardless of how confident or strong you portray yourselves to be, if we could show ourselves spiritually naked to the entire world so that people would see who we really were, I guarantee you we would never try to show our confidence, our own self-confidence again. Try to show how strong we are. Because we are weak. The best we can do at times is to throw other people under the bus to make ourselves look stronger. best we can do at times is maybe just put on this confident smile in front of others. When they ask us how you're doing, you say, I'm fine but it's later on, just like Peter, who found himself with nobody else but him and his Lord, weeping. They realized how weak he was. And there are moments when we find ourselves in those situations too. But thank God for those moments. Because in those moments where we see how weak we are, that's when we get to see our strength. See, as I said before, I don't think Peter was lying. I think he really thought that he was strong enough. He really did love his Lord and couldn't imagine a situation in which he would fall. But, Jesus knew Peter better than Peter knew himself. And Jesus knows you better than you know yourself. And so what we have here is Jesus giving us some supreme words of comfort. And he gives us even more than a promise. He states what he says as a matter of fact. And it's probably something that, as we read through before, you maybe even miss, these supreme words of comfort. So I want to go back to you. This happened right after Jesus said to uh, the disciples, you will all fall away. And then Jesus says this, again, more than a promise. It's promise. It's a statement. He says, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. That means that Jesus still had every intention of going to the cross for those disciples and for us. He had every intention of defeating Satan and death and sin and rising from the dead. He knew it was going to happen so much so that He stated it as simply, this is what's going to happen. And I'll meet meet up with you in Galilee later on. Our Savior, despite how strong we try to portray ourselves to be at times, He knows how weak we are. And in fact, if we had just an ounce of strength to be able to do anything to save ourselves, He would never have come. But He knows you, and He knows me. And so He came to this world for us, to give you confidence in His resurrection and in your forgiveness. he shows those disciples that even though they could not be confident in their own allegiance to him, they could be confident in his allegiance to them. And he shows to them as well that just as confidently as Jesus could say to them and to us that you will fall, you will sin. Jesus says just as confidently that I will rise and your sins are forgiven. There is a lot of uncertainty when it comes to us, isn't there? About whether or not we're going to be able to fight against this temptation for how long. There's a lot of uncertainty. But there's one thing you can always be certain of, and that is the fact that your sins are forgiven. Each and every one of them. We start this service every time with the forgiveness or the, the confession and absolution of sins. And, and I don't stand up in front of you and say, well, your sins might be forgiven. I can say with confidence every single time, your sins are forgiven. And I say that without asking you what you did this past week. I say that without asking you how many or the severity of your sins this past week. Simply, I can say your sins are forgiven based on the fact that Jesus died and rose. Not even Satan himself can change that fact. On the day that you were baptized, the pastor said to you that your sins are forgiven. And he didn't need to know what kind of person you would grow up to be. Rather, his confidence in the fact that your sins were forgiven was based on a fact of what happened in the past, that Jesus died and rose for you. He took away those sins. And when you come here to receive the Lord's Supper, you have the proof that your sins are forgiven. So I can say that your sins are forgiven because the body and blood of Christ is sitting right in front of you. It's fact. Something in which you can be confident. There's your strength. See what's beautiful... In this lesson, as we, I, I added that next verse that comes from John chapter 21. And in that lesson, what happened there was after Jesus rose from the dead, he, he meets up with Peter again. And just as many times as Peter denied that he even knew Jesus, Jesus says to him, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times. His way of saying to Peter, your sins are forgiven, but he goes a, he goes a step further. He ends by saying, feed my sheep. That as Peter understood now, finally, after this difficult experience that he had, he understood how weak he was, but he also understood how strong his Savior was. And now Peter could go on to the people in that community, to the people in the world, and, and remind them that despite how weak they are, their strength is found in their Savior. Our Savior says to you and me too, feed my sheep. And, and who are the sheep? The people here in this congregation, the people out in this community. And our Savior has made you a shepherd in a sense, hasn't He? Because we have had these experiences where we hit rock bottom just like Peter did, where we were able to see, even if nobody else could, how weak we really are. And we're able to point those people who are suffering so greatly, who are weighed down with guilt and regret, their strength, the confidence that they have in the forgiveness of sins, not because of who they are and what they've done, but because of what their Savior did for them. Yes, there's a number of self-help books out there, I know that. And and as you read those different self-help books on whatever topic it may be, you might Find something good in there, something to inspire you, at least for a while. If you really want to see where your true strength lies, don't look inward, but look at your Savior. Amen. Please stand.